your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. I am posting stuff right up until the buzzer. Uh, Tremble County, 21 cases today just came out. 21 cases in Trempolo County, 15 of those from their National Guard testing site. So I just wanted to get that to Brad. We'll see if he can get that, squeeze that into the news, at least at 5.30. Uh, big Scott's comment coming up at the bottom half of the hour. Call it a Bill Feehan comment. You might have heard it this morning, and you can read it online, wisdomnews.com. Just go to the pull-down menu and find Scott's comment. And you can read it. It's on gerrymandering. We're going to talk about that in a little while. I thought about doing like a like a pre-show, like a preview up to the Scott's comment, the Feehan comment, and talking with uh, Wisconsin Common Cause, Jay Heck, who may be listening. He might be listening on Facebook Live. Sometimes he does that uh, from out there in Madison. Or, uh, but we are going to do a, a little post-game after this, the Scott's comment with the Turbo Political Scientist political science professor Keith Knutson. I'll call him after uh, after Brad does the second half news. 608-785-7914. I should pull the talk and text line up so I can read your text. Um, Lacrosse County had nine cases, nine, nine times. That's from a movie. I can't remember. <laughs> I used to say that in college. Uh, uh, nine cases, I believe, today. Let me make sure. Yeah, nine cases, five people hospitalized now. Uh, they, they had their health briefing today. I did ask Rumbalski about the hospitalization. She wasn't exactly sure how many people were hospitalized, and I haven't looked at the comments. Sometimes they're good about answering questions in the comments. But Rumbalski, the health director, wasn't sure how many total we've had hospitalized, but she did make a point that we haven't had very many. I want to say it's around 10, but it's just me guessing. I feel like we had about six, and now we have five. Uh, but I did ask her too because we had four hospitalizations yesterday in lacrosse, and now we have five today. But there's the, when the state reports these, the state has reported today 31 new hospitalizations today. Uh, 3,900 people in total have been hospitalized, but 31 more people went to the hospital t- today statewide. But the count- countywide, we don't know that. So technically, four people hospitalized yesterday, five people hospitalized today. You could go, well, we had one more hospitalized today, right? Plus one. But the four people that were hospitalized yesterday could have all been released from the hospital. And five new people could have went to the hospital today where we, we would be plus five. Uh, Rabalski said that's probably not the case. And she did mention, too, nobody is in the ICU. So nobody is in this critical care condition uh, they're just a step below that. They're still in the hospital, though, so uh, but not in the ICU, which is great news. And, of course, no deaths. Also awesome news. And you can, you, if you want to listen to Rabalski's press briefing, that's go to the wisdomnews.com. The wisdomnews.com. Go to the 1410 WIZM Facebook page, and you can check that out there. Um, I'm getting a call here. Early call here. Uh, Brent, is this Brent? Yes, it is. Hey, Brent, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Hey, hey, commenting on your hospitalizations you're talking about, we have to remember, too, that I know for sure some a couple of them in lacrosse, if not more, but also I know for a fact some of them in Minnesota are elderly from nursing facilities that test positive, and they don't want to bring them back 
to the nursing facility and expose, so they admit them to the hospital. Oh, yeah, that sure. So that... Not, uh, quite a few of them, I, and I don't know a number to, to speak out, but... Yeah, the, and we don't know are, any of those numbers. That makes sense. I, I know in Minnesota they were... It's preventative measures. It's not that they have to be in the hospital. So. Yeah, get them, get them out of the, the nursing home. At, at, some, at one point the in Minnesota, up in the cities, the, the hospitals were so uh, crowded, I guess, overcrowded with COVID patients that they were taking... Uh, some of the hospital, some of those elderly, and putting them in uh, quarantine in nursing homes, which I think uh, backfired a little bit in Minnesota because uh, some of those nursing homes weren't weren't abiding by all the protocols to keep to keep people Correct. safe. And so, now I think they're just taking percent of preventative measures. They don't want them back, so they the doctor ends up putting them in the hospital till they're not yeah, contagious. Yeah, and that makes that makes perfect sense. Thanks for the call, Brent. That makes perfect sense at this point. Like the hospitals aren't overrun, and we have people in nursing homes that have the virus, and we don't want it to spread. You know, rather than even having them in the nursing home, get them out and, and put them to the hospital. There's also other people in the hospital, not from La Crosse County. You know, for where we don't we don't know these numbers, but they're they're hospitalized, but they're not from the county. So, that, for all we know, there could be 20 people in the hospital, but there's only five people from La Crosse County. Uh. Yes, in the last two days we've been talking about the the Hiawatha statue and and the idea of of, of bringing it down and moving it, and I, I think that's going to be a, a difficult task, right? Like a, the person that Mike talked to yesterday morning, I believe, was a fr- family friend of the Zimmerhockles, but. Uh, this old rickety statue, right? I don't know. Rickety is the right word for something that's made out of cement. But man, as soon as we try to move that thing, it might it might crumble. But it's also going to cost sixty thousand dollars to fix it. Uh, so what do you do? But I I feel like uh, we got enough technology. If we have to move the cat the the castle the 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 statue and the the family wants the statue moved, they want it back or they want to put it wherever they want to put it. Um, we got to figure it out. So. But uh, what what I do find ironic with the with the statue is that I guess I've, a lot of people are passionate about that, but then it, when it comes to to other things like uh, how we're going to bring our children back to school, there's not enough there's not enough talk. I think I think I w- I would love to hear more opinions uh, from parents out there on on how we do that and how they're how they're feeling about that. Are they comfortable bringing their sending their children back to school. We're talking about taking, and obviously the, the virus affects different people differently and different ages differently. We're talking about taking, Brent called and said, you know, we're, we're taking elderly people that have tested positive for the virus out of nursing homes and putting them in hospitals, even though they're not in a position where they need to be hospitalized, right? We're just taking precautionary measures and, and kind of the best way to isolate those people is get them out of the nursing home. On the flip side, we're, you know, Everybody's congregating in a school, and then you know our, our elderly teachers not going to elderly teachers not going to go to school. Are they not going to teach? Are they you know how how is that going to work? What do they feel? What do they feel about that? Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We got to hit the first news break, so we're going to let Brad do the news. We'll be back after this. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight. Seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. Uh, Fred texts in. He goes, 
how will schools reopen with confidence in hopes it's not going to be a political calculation? At this point, how do we just keep politics out of everything? Uh, there, there was some news today. I haven't really dug into this, but the idea that we're not going to report or our healthcare providers aren't going to report cases and statistics to the CDC anymore. You're going to bypass the CDC and take it out of the equation and just go to like the human health department or whatever it's called. Um, I honestly, I haven't looked into do it, but when, w- during the health briefing today, that was one of the questions general Balski kind of brought or not brought up, but she answered, uh, just in dealing with that. She didn't sound very happy about the idea that we're in the midst of a pandemic and now, Hey, healthcare providers, we're going to, we're going to change how we report statistics because the statistics don't look very good. So we're going to change how we're doing that. Uh, seems a, li- a little bit off to do that at this point. Um, and a little fishy too, right? Like the numbers don't look good. And I know just just looking at how we're going to reopen schools too. And obviously like everybody, is there anybody out there that, that was like, you know what? I, I think, uh, well, maybe there are some people. There are some people out there that, that would rather keep their kids home. If, if all things were normal, they're just going to, because there are kids that are homeschooled. So we're not going to send them to, to, to school, whether, you know, it's a public or private school. But uh, the the idea here that some people, anyone that sends their kids to school normally, like yeah, everyone wants to send their kids to school. We can all agree upon that. And how are we going to do that safely? Well, you know, like countries like Canada, uh, the UK, they're getting like 500, 600 cases a day. The entire country, we're getting that in our, in a, we're getting double that in the state. Sometimes we had 900 cases yesterday in the state. That's that's almost double what Canada had. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the United States is getting 60,000 cases a day. But, you know, we got to send kids to school. The other countries are doing it, so why can't we? Well, probably because we have 60,000 cases of the virus a day. Uh, also, uh, looks like Mike Pence is going to visit on Alaska. Just got a little text about that. It's going to come July 17th. So, two days from now. Oh, yeah. Just announced Mike Pence. Um, what else? There was oh, there was another interesting story too on the uh, Associated Press website. I don't know. Uh, just the uh, the idea that we're you know trying to get everybody their unemployment checks. Uh, the, 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 so they audited the the unemployment office. What is it? The Workforce Development Office, and it turns out that they sent too much money to everybody. The audit identified $21.2 million in overpayments through direct deposit and debit cards. The department said it canceled nearly half of those overpayments, nearly half, about $19.6 million before the money was received by recipients. Well, it doesn't, the, the number, the fact, the figures there don't add up. They canceled nearly half the overpayments at $19.6 million. But the identified $21.2 million in overpayments. So the other half only had like $2 million. I don't know, but like, we, yeah, first of all, nobody can get their unemployment, right? Like we're, they're waiting weeks and weeks and maybe they still haven't. And meanwhile, your rent is due. You're trying to put food on the table. You're out of work and waiting for your unemployment claim to come to even get processed, let alone be approved, right? Like, am I approved? Because if I'm not approved, then what am I going to do? Uh, and, and then, and now, and now the uh, on the flip side, first of all, they're not giving any money, 
or enough money or money to the proper people. And now they've, they've gone and given too much money. So it sounds like most of these unemployed people could apply to work for the state at doling out unemployment benefits. It's two, it's two birds with one stone, right? Like we take these people off the unemployment uh, checks. Like they don't, they no longer get their unemployment. They don't no longer need unemployment, right? They're working. And on the flip side, and you probably do this from home, right? Like it's probably just a bunch of, of uh, maybe phone calls to, to make and some papers to look over. You have to train them, though. I guess somebody would have to go somewhere to get trained. Um, but yeah, we get them off the unemployment checks and it working, and then they're working at processing other people's unemployment checks. I don't know why I'm not running the state. Uh, Eric from Sparta, speaking of running the state, is calling yeah. in. Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, this is. Uh... There's no law that says people who are scared for their children's lives have to send them to school. Number two, there's a thing called cancel culture, and the biggest um, advocates of it are the Mary Lacrosse Cabot and his wife Christy, and probably the number one is the Lacrosse team. All right, so like the the idea that we're going to keep bringing up the mayor's wife is just I'm I'm over it. Like I don't. If the mayor's wife wants to call in and and talk about what, you know the incident that happened at a protest a month ago, she can. Other than that, like we're just like out of the blue, we're gonna just yell about the mayor's wife, and uh, it's just like it's I'm over it. Eric, you can come and yell about me and call me a liberal hack and and whatever you want, but let's just like stop pointing fingers at somebody's wife. <laughs> like she did a thing. And uh, she may or may not get punished for the thing. The idea that she's getting punished for being pepper sprayed is kind of funny, too. Where are we? Where are we at? Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to text or call me. I'm going to bring Keith Knudsen in here in about uh, 10, 12 minutes. Uh, Bill Fian's Scott's comment or Bill's comment today will be coming up here in just a minute it is on gerrymandering a lovely conversation we always have on gerrymandering it usually puts most people to sleep while it's also maybe the most important thing when it comes to wisconsin elections is the idea that we you know have fair maps drawn and i think it is it is a little funny that whatever political party wins the one election before the the maps are drawn, that party gets to draw the lines. Like why? Like uh, whether or not the the party is doing that fairly or not. Like why are we even in that position? Like the the winners get to draw the lines because they won that election. They could have been losing all the elections for the decade up to that one election, and then they win that one election and they get to draw the lines. I was liking it to the. The team that wins the Super Bowl, they come into next season, they get to create the schedule, the NFL schedule. So the Patriots win the Super Bowl. The Packers are their like biggest contender on the other side of the, the conference, right? They're in the NFC and the AFC. Well, we're, we don't want to see the Packers. So we're going to give the Packers all the hardest games. And in fact, we're going to give the Packers all the hardest games against the AFC opponents that we find are the toughest opponents. Therefore, they'll just beat each other up and their records will be tarnished. And maybe the Packers won't even make the playoffs so we won't have to see them. Meanwhile, we're going to give the crappy teams, we're going to just have them pitted against each other 
and hopefully the, the the crappy teams you know have a better record and that's who we'll face in the playoffs. Uh, 608-785-7914. Um, another thing with maps is all over the state we're 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 putting referendums up and 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 deciding whether or not we want political parties to draw the maps and I think we're like I think Jay Heck with Common Cause told me we're 21 for 21. Yeah, I think 21 counties, he said, is pa- have passed referendums. Zero have lost. And then he also says, uh, Jay Heck, Wisconsin Common Cause, one of the biggest proponents of having fair maps, and uh, along with other things. But he also said 52 of the 72 county boards have passed resolutions supporting ending partisan gerrymandering. So I, I feel like, too, it's like two different things. There's One leads to the other. It's like, the idea of how we draw maps can be done so without one party that wins that election, and then the idea that that how those maps are drawn, then gerrymandering comes into play. They don't. They don't have to be. They're. They're not mutually. They're not always related. So anyway, speaking of that, well, let's do it. Let's uh, let's go to a, a quick commercial, real quick one, and then Bill Fian's gerrymandering Scott's comment coming up, then Brad doing the news, and we'll come back with Keith Knudsen from Viterbo's University. Uh, we'll be back right here on Wizard. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get on here. If you want to get on here with myself and Keith Knudsen, Viterbo political science professor. Keith, how are you? I'm doing fine, Rick. I trust you're well. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing great. I. I. Uh, I, I appreciate you coming on. And and I did you did you get to hear the Feehan comment or did you just read it online? I I read it uh, from what you sent to me. Okay. Yeah. So the the idea that and I I've been talking this a little bit before the break, but the idea that we're you know. The, the the maps aren't gerrymandered. Uh, <laughs> of course, Republicans are going to say that at this point, right? Like that's that that just seems like the obvious thing. We get to draw the lines, so we're going to say the maps aren't gerry because we were the last ones to draw the lines. It seems like the most obvious thing. Sure, um, uh, I've said this before on on, on your program. Uh, the Wisconsin state legislative uh, districts are. Uh, by many considered the most gerrymandered uh, district lines in the country. So uh, to argue that uh, this state is not gerrymandered um, is uh, um, uh, sort of, what do we say, whistling in the wind. It's, uh, it, it's just not the case. Now, what I read of Mr. Feehan's, um, I guess it was uh, something he, he read on, on air for you, but uh, I read it. And, and the point that he makes, uh, the Republicans won control of the state legislature in 2010. Uh, Governor Walker uh, won as well. So they were in a position to draw uh, the maps uh, for Wisconsin. And, and look, what are we talking about? The, the, the maps for the state Senate, for the state assembly, and for the uh, congressional, uh, eight congressional seats we have here in Wisconsin. Um, uh, they had the right to draw those maps. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court has uh, uh, deferred to the legislatures in drawing these maps. Um, uh, racial, uh, racially based gerrymandering is something the Supreme Court will address. But uh, the, the Supreme Court has argued that uh, 
political parties can gerrymander for their own benefit. I find that an atrocious position. I'm astounded that uh, U.S. Supreme Court justices would be willing to make that argument, but that's the argument they've made. So, um, Keith, you t- you, so, t- you talked about the 60 seats that, that Republicans won, that and that swung swung the, the aisle, the pendulum, whatever you want, towards Republicans, and that was allowed them to, to draw the maps back in 2010. Uh, Jay Heck, he, he texted in and he said, the reason the Republicans won 60 seats in 2010 was because Wisconsin had competitive elections then, and and not a single incumbent of either party lost in 2018 as a result of the 2011 gerrymander. Right. So that's the point. Uh, 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 Mr. Heck makes it uh, uh, arguing there. I would say that what Mr. Feehand and the Republicans are trying to do is to prevent another 2010 election outcome, which would allow um, their opponents, the Democratic Party, to gain control. There have been a couple of elections when the Democrats have won more than a majority of the total votes uh, in the state. Now, on the uh, uh, on the national level with President Trump, we saw that it's not the popular vote. You can lose the popular vote by 2.9 million and still win in the Electoral College. So in our um, uh, system, there is this opportunity for a minority uh, uh, outcome to lead to uh, control of a, of a government, national or state level. Um, and that can happen at the state level. Um, uh, but uh, the Republicans have indeed gerrymandered this state. Um, and Mr. Feehan can call the charges, uh, uh, I read, laughable. But that's an indication that he doesn't really have a lot of um, data behind him uh, that can make an argument. So he just goes into this this uh, accusation, this charge, this attempt to dismiss it. But uh, the gerrymandering exists in Wisconsin. And the, what, what's one of the big problems? Um, when uh, a movement of political uh, resistance, revolt, uh, which the 2010 uh, Republican Tea Party was, when it comes about and it's stifled, well, then we potentially uh, uh get, uh, well, I think what we've been getting after the George Floyd uh, killing by a police officer in Minneapolis, social unrest, and um, uh, I don't want to get into derogatory labeling with Mr. Feehan, but um, what I am prepared to say is uh, gerrymandering is corrupted politics, and what we see um, as a result of the gerrymandering here in Wisconsin, it, it actually works back into the Republican Party, and the Republican Party itself has been um, has become corrupted as a result of its gerrymandering. Because once you get um, once you decide to retain power by any means available, um, that then uh, feeds in on itself. And uh, here in in our area, the uh, state Senate race, uh, uh, Dan Kopenke is running as a Republican. There will be a primary August 11th to see who the Democratic uh, will be he stands against. Um, uh, the Republican legislative leaders have targeted this district, the state Senate race, and uh, uh, the Assembly District, currently held by Steve Doyle. They want to win a veto-proof majority uh, through their gerrymandering um, uh, of the maps as they exist now so they can continue gerrymandering. But, of course, eventually this kind of corruption catches up with politicians if we can retain our democratic um, election principles 
um, and I'm um, I'm confident we can and we can beat this back. There have been referenda in La Crosse, Vernon, Monroe counties. The 33rd yeah, state I, senate district is uh, uh, comprised of La Crosse, Vernon, and a little bit of Monroe. All three of those counties have voted in referenda to uh, stand up to gerrymandering. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, no, we're 21 for 21 on referendums passed across counties. And then uh, Jay Heck also told me, and I said this earlier, 52 of 70 count, 52 of the 72 county boards have passed resolutions supporting yeah. ending partisan gerrymandering. What I was saying before the before I brought you on is uh, the idea of gerrymandering is one thing, and the idea of drawing fair maps is another. The, the, the How you draw the maps kind of leads to the gerrymandering. What we want to end here... You know, obviously it will lead to the end of gerrymandering, but the idea is we want to end how the maps are drawn and begin like a, a, a new a new era in how Wisconsin draws its maps. And I, I think maybe most of the country could get on board with the idea that we don't need uh, one political party or the other exclusively drawing these maps. Uh, Iowa has been doing this for some time. Is it, has it ever been an issue in Iowa? Well, the reason Iowa has the the model a commission for drawing uh, uh, district lines is that back in 1960, uh, the state legislature and the governor couldn't come to an agreement, um, and what they did decide was to um, have this nonpartisan commission, uh, precisely what Governor Evers has now proposed uh, for Wisconsin. Other states, as we've talked earlier, uh, as we've been together, have have already done this, um, and this then takes away the political advantage of one party versus another. Um, I would hope that any citizen of the United States is uh, not willing to vote uh, for a political candidate like Dan Kopenke here in the 33rd uh, State Senate District, who is, uh, if he's not in on the game, then he's just a pawn of the Republican leadership that is trying to get this uh, a veto-proof majority so they can uh, retain their power through gerrymandering. And does the the veto-proof majority, does that have anything to do with the Supreme Court? The, the, because we can't send these things to the Supreme, the state Supreme Court? or, or are if, they they... Could get their, if they could get their veto-proof majority, I think the Supreme Court would uh, uh, stay out of it. That is, Governor Evers could not veto the legislation that would be passed. But if they can't get the veto-proof majority... Uh, it seems like their their backup plan is to try to send uh, uh, their gerrymandered map outcome to the Wisconsin State Supreme Court and have the Wisconsin State Supreme Court then give sanction to their gerrymandering. All right. Uh, Eric from Sparta is calling in here, Keith. Eric, you're on the air with Keith. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like to ask Mr. Knudsen. He's a paid member of the Democrat Party of Wisconsin. Okay. Does Eric have a question for me on gerrymandering? <laughs> no. He wants to know how much money the Democrats are paying you to, to have an opinion. Um, I'm a dues-paying <laughs> member of the Democratic Party. I have no qualms in uh, saying that. I think any of us are free to join a party, pay our dues. And I don't think, um, because if Eric's a Republican or Bill Feehan is a Republican, that does not taint their opinions. Um, uh, but... Uh, uh, a party identification is part and parcel of our democracy. So no one should uh, uh, try to shame another one uh, for being a member of a political party. What are the arguments we're putting forth? And it would be nice if Eric would put forth some arguments uh, as opposed to the way he's been calling in since we've started all of this and uh, trying to trying to shame me or anyone who doesn't agree with him. 
look, uh, Viterbo political science professor Keith Knutson on with us. Libertarian guy texts in, and uh, this, is, this is a pretty easy question to answer. You guys only want to end current gerrymandering situations so that your progressive socialist party can win. Are you willing to redraw the line so that all parties can win or just Democrats? That is the proposal of Governor Evers, to have a nonpartisan commission draw the lines. So um, just take that libertarian guy, and you've got to, at some point in time, you've got to confess that that's the way to do it. And uh, I'm a dues-paying, card-carrying member of the Democratic Party. That's not a a socialist party. And so, again, going back to name-calling isn't going to help us get through this, this pickle of how are we going to get our maps drawn so that elections actually have results. Yeah, and we're, we're talking about Bill Fian's uh, quote-unquote Scott's comment today on wisdomnews.com. He read it on the air just a little while ago. What's funny, too, you talk about name-calling, Keith. Uh, the fifth word in his, in, his, uh, in his comment is liberal, you know, fifth and sixth word, liberal friend. So it's already, like, got to get out in front of, you know, just calling everyone liberals. And, I mean, I get that a lot on the air, too. And it's always funny. It's like, okay, but uh, Libertarian Guy did have an, another text here. He goes... And you might be able to answer this better than I could. Will you do everything you can to get the two-party duopoly to allow the Libertarian Party candidate into the debate? Are you concerned that competition is completely shut out? That's the bigger issue than gerrymandering. Well, he's, sure. he's, uh, he's uh, talking uh, about uh, national uh, level there, well, I think. The, the two-party system is a, a constant complaint in uh, our polity, our political community, Um Oh, Keith. My, Keith. my view is that it's the result of our constitutional election construction, and we could have a whole hour lecture on that one someday, Rick. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, it looked like Libertarian Guy was calling in, but the call dropped. But we do have another caller, Keith. Uh, okay. And uh, I believe this is Shannon. Shannon, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I just had a couple things to say. One is maybe you could get Feehan on the line, too, so that I know he said his little piece in the beginning, but then, like, Maybe questions and answers like uh, your gentleman that's that you're talking to. We've tried that in the past. It's been a total disaster. <laughs> oh. um, the other the other thing is you committed a fallacy, a logical fallacy, when you said because Fian is a Republican, therefore then he must agree to this uh, gerrymandering. Gerrymandering, when actually just because somebody's a Republican doesn't necessarily then mean that this is how the beliefs go. Um, I just want so, to point that out. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't you, are, you guys talking about shaming, name but, calling? Well, there's also other fallacies going on too. Yeah, it's Caller, her I name's wasn't Shannon. Talking about Feehan. Um, he's the chair of the county party. I'm talking about Dan Kabanke, and the the Republican legislative leaders have already targeted this state senate district to get that supermajority. So uh, 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 my argument is: uh, Is uh, Dan Kabanke going to say I'm not? I, I, I'm not going to run to be a pawn of the Republican legislative leadership and continue this gerrymandering, especially since in uh, his district, people have voted uh, in three counties uh, a majority to get rid of this kind of thing. So I don't think that's a fallacy, caller. Uh, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't follow your logic there. Well, and, and Jay Heck texted in a little bit ago, and he said several Republican Assembly members in Southwest Wisconsin support the Iowa model redistribution. Uh, Redistributing, uh, redistricting. Uh, um, I think the, I think one of them is. Uh, uh, I live in the Driftless area, Vernon County, and Lauren Oldenburg. Yep, and then uh, Travis, is the assembly representative, and I think he has publicly stated that he would oppose that. How does that then play 
if the Republicans do get their supermajority, then it becomes the responsibility of of, uh, Assemblyman Oldenburg to actually stand up to his party leadership and not vote for their gerrymandered maps. Uh, That's when uh, uh, the rubber really hits the road. Yeah, it would be interesting. It would be a, uh, something Dan Kapanke could campaign, campaign on if he wants to get elected. And m- the majority of the state seems to be going, you know what, we don't want one political party or the other drawing the maps. Kapanke could start campaigning on, hey, the idea here is to get politics out of the, uh, you know, the, the party winners out of drawing these maps. So I don't know. It sounds like a good idea to me. Well, Rick, I think it's a safe bet once the August 11th primary is completed, uh, the uh a Democratic uh, candidate is going to be putting that uh, directly to uh, Dan Kapanke. Um, Kapanke has already been recalled out of office once for following his party on the Act 10 uh, legislation early in the decade. Um, and uh, one wonders if he were to uh, win the election uh, and uh, uh, bow down to his party leadership and actually vote for a continued gerrymandered uh, uh, districting outcome whether he would uh, win an election this fall and be recalled again. And if he were to do that, I would hope he would be recalled. Uh, one more call here, Keith, before I got to let you go. Triple, yeah, Triple go. Tom is calling in. Tom, you're on the air with Keith if you have a question for him. I do. I want to uh, ask Keith why he is sticking on Dan Kapanke. Dan Kapanke is a very honorable citizen running for the Senate and trying to do a very good job. It is uh, if he is elected, uh, it's the quality and character of Dan Kapanke who uh, will be filling that position. Uh, All right, Keith, why are you picking on Kapanke? I'm not challenging the integrity uh, of Dan Kapanke as a businessman, as a a, a member of our society. Uh, his candidacy has already been targeted by his party's leadership. They need that position so that uh, uh, the state senator from this district will vote the way the leaders want to. Sure. Uh, what one is more. Dan Kapanke's position on this gerrymandering issue? Uh, libertarian guy is on the phone now, Keith. You're libertarian guy, you're on the air. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, Keith and Rick. Yeah, I just had to call in here because, Rick, or uh, Keith, I think you and I see eye to eye on some issues. And the, the, the point I wanted to bring up through the text message, and I'll do it now through the phone, is the Libertarian candidate in the last election cycle in 2016, Gary Johnson, got over 4 million votes nationwide. And that's without any kind of publicity. That's without being allowed into the debates. And you had just said, yeah, that's the big problem with the two-party system. Um, is, is, well, I'm, I'm putting some words in your mouth, but it, it, it's like they keep shutting out any kind of competition. This year, we have probably the worst candidate choices that there are within the Republicans and the Democrats. And it's time to allow competition into the debate. So my question then is, what do you think can be done so that Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian candidate who will probably be on the ballot in all 50 states, can be allowed to to be debate so that people know about her and think she can win. And for the record, Kanye West has now dropped out of the presidential run, so we, we don't have to worry about him being part of the debates. Yeah, well, surprise that, that, there. That opens up a lot of room for other candidates, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> so uh, a libertarian guy, first name is Paul, uh, I think I've seen. So yes. uh, I appreciate the cordiality in, in your presentation. And, the, you know, the, the national presidential debate stage often is set by, uh, even in the, in the primaries for both the parties, what are you, what are you polling nationally? Uh, 
Um, and uh, sometimes what, uh, how many votes did you receive in the previous election? Um, but uh, someday, hopefully, uh, I can come back uh, on the air. We could talk about um, the, the constitutional structure of how we get our representation and how the, uh, the duopoly of the two-party system, and I'm part of it. I'm a dues-paying, card-carrying member of the Democratic Party. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Why do we have two major parties, and why does a third party uh, have a, such a struggle getting into it? Of course, the Republicans were a third party um, in the 1850s, and then since 1860 yep. we've had two major parties, Republicans and Democrats. Um, and it, it's, of course, very complicated when we move forward in history, but it's a fascinating topic, and it's an important one for citizens to feel their votes, their voices count, and we can have yep. change in our society. It, it is an important topic, and I, I know Rick is short on time. I do want to point out one of the criteria that you just mentioned it is a problem, and that is how are we polling. And here's the thing. Whenever you get a political call asking about, you know, would you vote for a Republican, Democrat, or an independent, they never mention the libertarian word, or they leave that off as a choice. And so you yeah. can't poll well when you don't get asked the question. Uh, all, all of our third parties, all of our uh, 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 parties other than the two major parties, are at a distinct disadvantage. There's no question about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. All right, guys, um, I got I to wrap it up. Thanks, thanks, Libertarian Guy, okay. for calling. Hey, hey, Libertarian Guy, no, I've got an article for him. Uh, give him my email, and I'll communicate with him. <laughs> okay, we'll do, that. we'll do that off the air. Uh, again, Keith, thanks a lot for, for coming on as well. Pleasure. Good talking with you, Rick. You and, too. Uh, nice to be with you again. Yeah, you too. All right. Keith Knutson, Viterbo, political science professor. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just a couple of minutes left here in the show. Uh, thanks, everybody, for texting. Thanks, Keith, for coming on. And for those of you who called, uh, these are the productive texts I get sometimes. Uh, well, first... I'm not going to read the first text, but uh, the Watchman says, just another crybaby wah-wah excuse Dems always making. They need to do your work to win under current circumstances. Uh, There's some punctuation questions there and some spelling incidences there I don't understand, but um, I don't don't know if this is a crybaby (laughs) wah-wah issue, the idea of having one political party drawing maps while the other political party doesn't get to the, the idea of having the political party that wins one election, right? They win the one election right before the maps would be drawn. So this is the election. The last one was in 2010. They're going to win that one election. And then that's the party that gets to draw the maps. So whatever party wins one election in a decade, just the one go all in on that one. And, uh, it doesn't matter which party it is. The, uh, if it was Dems, Republicans, if it was a third party that won, my God. Uh, but drawing the maps in a locked room, signing non-disclosure agreements, and not letting the other party see the maps or have any input on them as long as you won. I mean, why Why would we want to do that? Like, let, let's get rid of that. And and if that ends gerrymandering, great. But, like, the idea of having fair maps drawn is, is I'm all about that. I don't, I don't see why anyone wouldn't be uh, on board with that. Trying to get politics out of polit- political maps. Kind of a funny concept. but All right, that's all the time I got. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll do it all again tomorrow.